Welcome to the TappingSolution.com's Bits and Pieces podcast, where we share information designed to change your life. Whether you're new to EFT tapping or an old hand, you'll find simple, inspiring information to brighten your day, motivate you, and help you live your best life. To learn more about tapping, visit thetappingsolution.com. Now, here's today's clip. There are few things stronger than the love for a pet. They become our best friends, our family. And when they suffer, we feel that suffering the same way that they always seem to know when we are suffering. In this interview, we are going to have a really fascinating conversation around how we can best support our loved pets by using tapping. We will be speaking to animal communicator, author, speaker, and the founder of Communication with All Life University, Joan Ranquette from joanranquette.com. Joan is an internationally renowned animal communicator and best-selling author of Communication with All Life, Revelations of an Animal Communicator, published by Hay House. Her work has been featured in dozens of media, including Pet Nation on Dateline NBC, The Today Show, Good Morning America, and Animal Planet. So I am thrilled that she is with us today. Welcome, Joan. Thank you. I'm very excited, too. I think a great place to start is just to hear more about yourself and how you became interested in tapping. Well, I've been an animal communicator for almost 20 years, which is um, hard to imagine, but uh, I was always fascinated by energy. I started learning energy things, energy techniques in the late 80s, which really dates me, but I'd learned a few things and I was a big animal lover and I had no idea that I was going to make this a career doing animal communication and energy healing, but I, um, I, I had a number of challenges on my own horses back in Los Angeles in the late 80s and early 90s, and so I was always looking for that thing to fix my own animals, and of course, you know, in tandem with that, we're, we're always having a challenge, whether we're feeling badly for our animal or, you know, we might be accidentally contributing to it. Whatever that may be, I, you know, I think that when we go on a journey to help another, we always end up helping ourselves. Yeah. So I had, I guess it was about 2001 or two, I can't remember. It was pretty early on. I actually was separated for the first time from a husband, the only ex-husband, and uh, found out about EFT. And so I was... Um, at the time, my dog and my cat were pretty, you know, we were all pretty upset about being displaced. And uh, so I started tapping for us. I ended up back with the then, the now ex-husband for a couple more years. But I started using it on animals immediately. As soon as I learned it, I was like, oh, my God, this is something I can use. And I, at first with people, but I have um, in my first book, Communication with All Life, Revelations of an Animal Communicator. I have a really fun little story in there about um, tapping on a horse in um, at a horse show, and um, and so and I'm happy to tell that story. But um, so that was really kind of the first time in about '03 or '04 that I started doing it on animals, and and I just I I love it. It's yeah. pretty. Um, sometimes it might take a few times or a few rounds, but um, it's pretty amazing because even just the same points that we use on our own face are the same 
for them. So they're really calming, they're moving emotion, and, you know, of course, everything starts with intention. So if you're going in to heal to begin with, they... They don't say, oh, I don't know if EFT works or not. They're just going to go with the flow. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to hear about this horse story and how to um, tap on an animal. But first, what I find is really interesting is the way tapping on ourselves can impact our animal. Yeah. This is, I mean, if there was nothing else you did and you just tapped on your own self about your animal. I mean, I always say there's, there's three ways to tap with your animal. There's one you know, you could be, uh, you can surrogate tap. You could tap on behalf of your animal. And two, you can tap on the animal about a situation. And three, you can tap on your own emotions about the situation. Because one of the things that happens is, let's say, for example, your dog is digging in the backyard. Well, in the animal communication world, if you're obsessing about the idea that your animal is digging in the backyard, you're accidentally sending an email saying, hey, please keep digging in the yard. Really? So, yeah. Oh. So, because they pick up on our pictures, words, and feelings. And especially when we obsess about something, you know, they're still in... In our homes, this is where it's all energy. You know, they're still tracking in the same way that they would in a herd, in a flock, in a pack. So, you know, if we're the leader and we're obsessed about digging in the backyard and we're frustrated and we're all these other things that come with being, you know, sometimes we're not always so enlightened when they're digging in the backyard and (laughs) able to handle it so well. Right. So if we have all this frustration, we're angry, we're, you know, we have defeat over the fact that we can't retrain the dog, we, we have a million emotions involved. They're picking up on that, and they're picking up on the sense that it's about the digging in the yard. They're not saying, oh, it's bad to dig in the yard. They're saying, she seems to be obsessed with me digging in the yard. I'll keep doing it. So from uh, an EFT perspective then, if you go in and start um, really looking at, number one, um, your feelings around the situation. So I'm frustrated. You know, you can start bringing down your feelings so that every time you catch your dog doing it, you aren't in, you know, a state of rage or, you know, or defeated. And so then the next thing that I like to look at is, why why do we have this situation in our lives? Why do we keep, why are we participating in creating this? I'm, I have, um, and that's really true for when horses are, tend to be lame and you've tried everything. A lot of times I'll tap with the people on um, what they're benefiting from having a lame horse. Is it something they get to go talk about at work? Does it mean they're not moving forward with the situation? So looking at why you're, you have this situation in your life is a really profound um, way to start tapping. So if you bring the emotion down and you kind of get to the why, then usually something shifts pretty significantly. Do you have a story you can share with us about someone tapping on themselves and the way that it impacted their animal? Yeah, one of my um, favorite stories is I did have this... Um, I have um, a number of other healing modalities that I've used, and um, I had a gal come to me who had a horse that was chronically lame, and we had done... What, do, what does that mean, chronically lame? Chronically lame. So 
it means that the horse had been lame for a really long time. Like it wasn't. I don't even know what lame means. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, they would be like, um, have you ever watched like a dog kind of walking and there's just a little hitch to their giddy up? Yes. Okay. So with a horse, it would be worse than that because they weigh more and then we put our weight on them. Mm. And so you're adding to the whole, like, you know, you're just making it worse. You can't okay. ride them when they're, when they're lame. So, okay. And so it's a, and usually it's from an old injury, but what happens is, you know, sometimes we get invested into, you know, we get invested emotionally, and and so sometimes animals don't move through their um, their lameness or their aches and pains. So she brought this horse to me that was chronically lame. We worked on the horse from a number of other perspectives, like took the shoes off. I did this a technique called a scalar wave. We did a number of things. We changed the diet. And the x-rays were showing that the horse had actually undiagnosed this condition, right? Like we, the x-rays were actually showing that this condition wasn't there anymore. So one could say, well, it might be muscle memory then that's keeping the horse, you know, lame. But what I ended up discovering was this woman really was invested in, um, you know, oh, my horse is lame. Oh, my horse is lame. She'd go to work. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't ride last night because, you know, well, my horse is lame. So it was this whole big story she had, and it was a wonderful way for her to engage other people, and it was really hard for her to be one of those people that maybe moved forward and was someone that got to really enjoy her horse and go out and maybe even make it to a horse show, God forbid. So there was a lot tied up with her self-worth and her kind of needing a story around this. So then when you realize this, was she open to tap on it? Yeah, we tapped for about an hour. I think um, she bruised her face. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and anyway, she ended up... She started riding the horse pretty quickly. Really? Okay, so she tapped on herself, and then after all of that time of having a lame horse, the horse recovered. The horse recovered, and the vets couldn't believe, because we'd actually tapped a couple other times on um, just the little frustration of having a lame horse prior to that, like in other in prior sessions. We had t- taps before. That's why she was really open to it. But that one day, sitting in the barn aisle, just going at it 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 really was you know it's like i'm gonna go after this thing because i know i know this horse i see this horse is perfect so mm. you know there's something standing in the way and that yeah. and her name was julia that's so that's so and fascinating and if we say we have a a cat or a dog that's having a certain challenge is it as simple as just asking ourselves questions as to how this challenge could be benefiting us or what else is going on you know when it comes to your own pet and you're doing this by yourself are there certain questions you can ask to gain awareness as to what might be contributing to the problem well first yeah at first and foremost i would look at the situation and say let's say the cat or dog as look at them as an individual and know that they have their own little karma and trajectory and so you know how do we feel about it how do are, are we sad that we can't help them are we frustrated are we upset that we can't because we have to also kind of see them uh, as as their own being and then what am then the next question would be what am i contributing to this how am i not 
how am I not helping this? And then um, third, you might ask, what is this representing in my life? Like what did I, was there a time in my life when I um, had a bladder infection or, you know, needed to um, be super naughty for some reason? Um, you know, was I rebellious? Was I not willing to be trained? Was I... Not that we'd ever pee on the floor, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> right. Things that just weren't, that we just kind of know better then, and we still do it, did it. So, you know, just kind of looking at your own behavior even, how how much are they alike and how much are they not alike but are teaching us a really valid lesson. So interesting. So I'd love to move on to learning how to tap directly on an animal. Okay. Well, the first thing, you know, obviously horses that um, have been stabled, they know how to stand still. They stand in barn aisles all the time or tied up outside a barn or outside a pasture. So they're pretty good about standing and um, allowing us to, to poke around. And the one thing I'd caution actually on all animals is a lot of times, whether you've got something with aggression or um, uh whatever, you know, any sort of behavior that's unwanted, um, you may have had at some point an old head injury. So I'm, I'm really, you know, it's like I was saying, we vigorously tap on ourselves <laughs> to the point where sometimes we might like, ow, that hurt a little. So you want to be really super aware of, especially if emotions are coming up for you, how you are tapping on another. And particularly if there may have been an old head injury or there's a head shyness, you really want to be careful around the um, crown, the top of the head, those, those points. But that being said, if you tapped nowhere else, you know, that is such a profound place because it's really got a lot of the um, acupressure points are all about calming and releasing and um, you know, getting peaceful behavior. And the same with the eyes. So it's easy to tap on a horse because they will stand still. So you can get to almost the exact same points for the horse that you can with a human. Now, on a dog and a cat, a dog you can get a lot closer to the same sorts of points. So that first point inside the eye there is is very similar to um, the bladder one point right around the eye for us and that's really good for um, that's good for getting started with just calming them down it's a calming and it also creates a little bit of um, clarity and helps their vision and when we think about some certain behaviors with dogs and cats Sometimes, you know, just like people, not everybody has perfect sight. So it's, it's amazing that you're almost, you're, you're almost kind of just bringing them back into present time. And the great thing about animals is they live in present time. So a lot of the emotions that might be getting in the way that are, are blocking good behavior are based in our emotions. So working from the first point inside the eye, usually you're going to hear just even a change in their breathing pattern. And then moving outside the eye and under the eye is usually, it can be pretty easy to do with a dog and not always so easy to do with a cat. In fact, sometimes <laughs> I say with cats, they're going to say, yeah, you tap that again and I'm going to swat that. So <laughs> you, I'll, I'll talk about cats in a minute. But um, horses are super easy to get to those points and dogs, 
can be, you know, particularly puppies can be super wiggly, and God knows the puppies probably need it more than anybody. But um, so you're tapping along, and along the nose, um, you know, you can get to a lot of similar points, and there's actually kind of a little sweet spot underneath their um, their nose, their nostrils, right at that point that we would use on ourselves. Um, and that, again, that's tougher to get to on a cat. But tapping along those points and even then tapping, you know, on the collarbone, sort of actually their little shoulder, there is some really profound um, uh, acupressure points that are all really close together on a mid-sized and smaller dog, and even on a bigger dog, that uh, deal with, um, like, lung one, you know, the and kidney 27, those points are really great for either the health of the animal, kind of kick-starting the organs again, or even dealing with grief. So if you have a really sad dog, maybe you've lost somebody in the household, you know, even just getting those collarbone points, what for us would be the collarbone points, are really going to, you know, shift some energy for your dog. And then again, coming to the top of the head, if there hasn't been an old head injury and don't vigorously tap, that's going to be super, super, super calming for your dog. And whether you have an illness or uh, a naughty behavior, you've got relaxation is at the core of shifting both of those things. So just tapping on the top of the head lightly really will move some energy. And then when... So that's for dogs. And for cats, I would say, you know, you can try and get to the eye thing. If you've got a really sweet cat, they'll let you poke around on their eye and, you know, on the inside of the eye and the outside of the eye and even under the eye. Their little nostrils are much, you know, it's all much more compact. And smaller dogs like Boston Terriers and um, Pugs, it's, I would treat the same as a cat. Um, you can come along to that collarbone point, and they they like they tend to like that. And the top of the head you can do. Some cats don't love that so much, and some cats don't love being that being done on their face. So I have an alternative thing for for cats, and even for some dogs if they're head shy, is from the shoulders to the hind end. If you just lightly tapped along the spine. That meridian there is the bladder meridian, and it literally has association points to all the other um, organs and um, can mimic some of the points that we're hitting when we're doing the um, doing EFT for humans. So mm. tapping along the spine, because at the end of the day, we're coming in with an intention, right? We want our cat to feel better or to be happier. So just tapping along that spine is really going to... Um, put them into relaxation and again we know that cats can get overstimulated quickly uh less is more okay that's good to know i can't imagine a dog or a cat so well it's impossible but saying i love and accept myself um which and you know and this the whole venting process that we tend to do when we're tapping as as humans so when you're tapping on an animal do you, are you thinking about something are you saying something out loud or is it just yeah. the tapping no i'm definitely saying something out loud 
Oh, I've got a really great example. Um, the other, a few weeks ago I went to, so I do the setup statement myself and with the client. I tend to, if I'm with the person and their horse or dog or cat, and a lot of times it's on the phone, um, we do the setup statement. And then, um, and then I tap along. But, you know, that's where it's pretty handy because I'm an animal communicator, so I get to know what the animal's feeling or thinking So, uh, and can create a script from there. But, um, for example, I went to a barn, and a woman had had a horse for about a year, and the horse came from a fancy show barn, and the fancy show barn had really dumped him. So he felt abandonment, he felt frustration, he felt he hadn't been seen, he felt he wasn't recognized for who he was, and he was super antsy. I mean, he was just like dancing around. He was one of the tougher horses to, uh, for me to sit and, I mean, it was gymnastics for me to get to each of his points, but I did it. And in the script, I said, instead of I love and accept myself, I said, I honor, I'm trying to honor the choices other people have made. So then when I got into tapping on the points, I really went into the whole concept of I'm so frustrated, I'm frustrated, I know I'm frustrating the people, and um, and then the despair. We really got to the despair and then moved on to... Um, being open to the idea that maybe these people now really love me. And so it was really, and then I got an email like within 24 hours that his whole personality had changed wow. and was much calmer. So that was just one time. Right. Do you have any advice for us that aren't trained as animal communicators to begin to sense what our animal is going through and why they might be behaving in a certain way? Yeah, the one thing that, you know, I really believe that it all comes down to kind of a little self-check-in, right? I mean, if I'm, you know, we're all kind of causal to our reality. So you might look at the feelings you have around it and you might say, wow, I cannot believe my dog ran off again. And just, you know, it's like it just leaves you feeling out of control. Well, somewhere there may be some anxiousness in the dog. I mean, the dog may be going on a walkabout, but the dog also may have this kind of antsy sense of needing to, you know, feeling out of control. So, if you know, if we really look at what the behaviors that our animals are doing bring up in us and are totally honest about it, because um, it's, you know, we love to pretend that everything... Oh, there they are. <laughs> Exactly. They're just, um, we love to pretend that everything's great yeah. as our dog barks. <laughs> that's sweet. So yeah. that's very helpful. And we were we've been talking a lot about behaviors, and I'd like to move on to talking about health challenges. What results have you seen when it comes to tapping in and health challenges, and how should we approach it? Well, I think with health challenges. It's really, it is, uh, you know, we have a lot of, I, I would start with looking at their journey. I always start with looking at their journey, like how they must be feeling about, like if we see an older dog that can't do what it used to do, or, you know, a cat that can't quite jump up on the high shelf anymore, things like that. So we might just kind of observe what they might be experiencing. And then really, again, being honest with ourselves about how we feel about that. 
Are we feeling guilty that we're not home more? Are we feeling um, uh, guilty because, I, you know, I, I will say this, that I think guilt and worry are the two things at the bottom of certainly most of the naughty behaviors, but also there's so much guilt involved with animals, it's not even funny. So, really? <laughs> um, it, can yeah. you explain that a little bit more, why guilt? Because I think that people, we, you know, we tend to think that we're kind of superhuman. And so when it comes to our animals, like, I can take care of this. And then we don't get to it or mm. we didn't. The biggest thing I hear from people is I didn't see it coming. Right. I should have known. You know, so if you can be looking at the. Oh my God! I didn't see it coming. I I should have known that this this little cough meant, you know, I should have taken him in for the to look at his lungs earlier or to, you know. So there's a lot of guilt around illness, and we can just have pure guilt with our animals, right? We don't we can't say like, well, and he did this, you know. There's with people, we can have guilt for one minute, and then we can feel really justified the next minute. But with an animal, we're kind of we're kind of running the show. So mm-hmm. if something goes wrong, we we have a lot of blame and guilt and worry. That it, I think a lot of those, if you can get the blame and guilt and worry out of the way, you may not that animal may not live, but you could have a really enlightened journey to the end. And you, and if you are going to have a miracle, then the guilt and the blame and the worries got to get out of the way anyway, right? It's not going to help. So I think, you know, if you just started with tapping on your own guilt, worry, and blame, you'd you'd be in really good shape. But um, you know, tapping on their behalf, you, you know, you might look at. I'll give you an example. I had um, years ago, and about. It was a couple of years after 9-11, and I was living in Florida at the time. And there was a gal that had me come over to talk to her cat because her cat was going to die of lung cancer. And when I got over there, she, the woman had told me that the cat had uh, lost her brother right before 9-11. They were living in New York City, and when 9-11 happened, she was so, you know, shocked and freaked out and there was so much grief around losing the cat in 9-11 that, that she, you know, moved to Florida. And this must have been around the time I really had gotten started with the tapping. It was probably 03 before at the latest. And so the cat, she felt horrible because she felt like she had been living in a state of grief between, you know, 9-11, leaving her corporate job and uh, losing the brother of this cat that, she thought, you know, since grief was associated with lungs, that she had created this. So, you know, first thing is, no, you know, they have their own little karma. So we can't blame ourselves in that way. And that said, our grief could contribute, but we can't, it's not our fault. Um, I mean, it not contribute. I guess if she could move through the grief herself, we could have more of an opening for better health and so we tapped on that grief for um for her for the cat spencer and um i did a couple of other teeny modalities just 
some energy work on the cat. But I really, I swear the tapping, that's going in my new book, Energy Healing for Animals, because that he lived another year and a half. And he was supposed to, I was going over there for like that final, you know, meeting her for the first time and for her to say goodbye to her cat. And we didn't say goodbye for another year and a half. Incredible, incredible. And what an important point, because I've I've been in a similar situation and having that reminder that they have their own karma. Yeah. Yeah. We we get really, you know, we get really caught up in it. Somehow it's our fault. And it's like, no, we're just standing next to each other. Right. Just like, you know, if you pick a spouse, you're not, you know, you couldn't make their leg hurt unless you hit them, but you know, you can't, we can't, we're not that powerful. Right. Yeah. I would love to do some tapping that could support everyone that's listening, uh, you know, with their relationship with their animal. Uh, one thing that I'd lo- like to focus on is the emotions that come up when you're trying everything to help your animal and, and they aren't getting better. Can you first set the scene for us of when you work with someone who's in this situation, what are some of the thoughts and patterns that you see? Yeah, actually, that is one of my favorite things to tap on. And I did that in a class just the other day for some of my students because, you know, we're all healers also. Mm-hmm. It's it's frustrating when that one, frustrating when that one gets away. So the first thing is I, I think that we feel frustrated, like, I, I, you know, I have tried everything. I think another thing that really comes up loud and clear is when is this ever going to get better? I should have known. Mm-hmm. That's always a big one. I I feel like I can't. I'm giving my all and it's not enough. I wasn't prepared. Those sorts of things. Why, you know, I should... I mean, it really comes down to I should have known. Have you had a situation like this? Do you did you have any particular feelings? Well, I had I had a cat who got cancer, and she she was old. I think I I felt okay with it because I did everything. I mean, I got to the point where every day I was giving her an IV and researching, and you know, I felt like I did everything that I could. But I definitely, like, at that time, actually, now that I think about it, at that time, it was, I mean, this was years and years ago when I was working on the film in my parents' basement, and I was still around with the cat, but I wanted to leave, and I knew that it was my cat, and it would be a problem if I left. So part of me wondered whether she transitioned when she did to to give me the freedom to leave, and I think there was definitely some there could have been some guilt. Part of it was, was beautiful, and part of it made me feel guilty. Yeah, and that's, I swear to God, I think, you know, one of the reasons the word grief starts with a G is that you can match up guilt. I mean, no matter what, we're going to feel, I think we feel guilt, and particularly yeah. with our animals. But maybe we can do some, then, general tapping. Yeah, and just I would this love feeling to. Great. Okay. So, um, starting... I guess with the karate chop. Even though my animal is so sick right now. Even though my animal is so sick right now. I love and accept myself. I love and accept myself. 
Even though I feel like there is absolutely nothing more I could come up with. Even though I feel like there's absolutely nothing more I can come up with. I'm open to the idea that there's more. I'm open to the idea that there's more. And I love and accept myself. And I love and accept myself. Even though I'm so overwhelmed with all these feelings. Even though I'm so overwhelmed with all these feelings. I honor the choices I'm going to make for my animal. I honor the choices I'm going to make for my animal. And tap me on the points. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. One more thing. One more thing. He's been diagnosed with one more thing. He's been diagnosed with one more thing. Just when I thought I had it under control. Just when I thought I had it under control. Just when I thought I could do this. Just when I thought I could do this. Just when I thought that we were due for a miracle. Just when I thought we were due for a miracle. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I should have seen this coming. I should have seen this coming. I didn't know. I didn't know. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't paying attention. I was too busy doing my own thing. I was too busy doing my own thing. I should have caught that. I should have caught that. I used to be that person that knew everything about them. I used to be that person that knew everything about them. But then because of this job or partner or whatever, I've gotten out of the habit of watching everything. But because of this job or partner or whatever, I've gotten out of the habit of watching everything. So now this just slipped right in. So now this just slipped right in. When I'm devastated. When I'm devastated. It's been such a roller coaster. It's been such a roller coaster. I don't even know if I'm doing the right thing. I don't even know if I'm doing the right thing. I feel like I've done everything, but I think there's more. I feel like I've done everything, but I think there's more. I feel so guilty. I feel so guilty. I should have known. I should have known. I can't believe I didn't know. I can't believe I didn't know. I should have seen it in his eyes. I should have seen it in his eyes. And I still, I feel like I'm not prepared. I feel like I'm not prepared. I'm so not prepared to lose this animal. I'm so not prepared to lose this animal. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I'm really in shock. I'm really in shock. I don't even know what to tell anybody. I don't even know what to tell anybody. Somehow I think it's all my fault. Somehow I think it's all my fault. I feel like I made this happen. I feel like I made this happen. And he has fought so hard. And he's fought so hard. I question everything now. I question everything now. I feel so mad also that he's going to leave me. I feel so mad also that he's going to leave me. I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. I mean, I knew it was going to come at some point. I knew it was going to come at some point. But I can't. I, I don't know if I can do this. But I don't know if I can do this. I can't picture life without him. I can't picture life without him. But I can't keep him here for me. I can't keep him here for me. I'm really open to shifting this stuff. I'm really open to shifting this stuff. Because this isn't a good way to be. Because this isn't a good way to be. I'd really rather have some tender moments with my animal. I really rather have some tender moments with my animal. 
All the years that he's given to me. All the years that he's given to me. Loyal. Loyal. Devoted. Devoted. Absolute love. Absolute love. Sometimes frustrating. Sometimes frustrating. Sometimes super naughty. Sometimes super naughty. Always entertaining. Always entertaining. I owe it to him to get it together. I owe it to him to get it together. And be open to what's coming. And to be open to what's coming. To be super present for whatever's next. To be super present to whatever is next. To be open to the idea that we're here right now. To be open to the idea that we're right here right now. And that this is all that matters. And that this is all that matters. Me and him looking in each other's eyes. Me and him looking in each other's eyes. This love is forever. This love is forever. And that is all that matters. And that is all that matters. I'll take a deep breath. So that's, um, that's a round of tapping for that for that sort of thing a powerful round of tapping wow that you know I I I was just tapping into the feelings I had when I was losing my pet and it was just so so accurate so right on so I know that that tapping is going to help a lot of people and as someone begins to do this on their own do you have any advice for someone as to how to find the best words for them yeah, I think that the the you know you want to end it with with some of the things that your animal has brought you know some of the gifts that your animal has brought to the relationship um, and you know like anything sometimes those things are good and bad like being entertaining might be uh, might have been frustrating in the beginning so I think in the beginning of the tapping you want to look for the words that are the feelings you've had from the first diagnosis until you know because I think the you know the first feelings we have when we get a bad diagnosis is shock and and the other thing that really comes up that that I didn't do in this um, that I've done with a lot of people and this really shifted something for someone recently who thought she was going to lose her cat and she hasn't is just the anger at the vet that cold you know oh i'm sorry but your cat has three months or your dog has Mm. you know you know so sometimes being mad at the vet is like just letting it rip on the vet and then coming back to your to your own feelings about how i should have seen this coming because we really do we really feel responsible with our pets or we feel like we totally missed the boat on responsibility. So we either feel like we're responsible and we should have seen it coming or we feel guilty because, Oh my God, I wasn't spending any time with him. Mm -hmm. So I would look at, start with, you know, those feelings from the diagnosis, then the, um, what has the relationship been and, uh, you know, start to use those, but really getting out the frustration because especially when you feel like you're trying everything and it's, it's like, you know, you can't, can't stop the dam from breaking, you know? Right. And 
it seemed like in the last tapping script or the last tapping process, we were finding some peace to where we were and even opening to the idea that this animal might leave us. Now, when we begin to do that, that doesn't rush the process, right? That doesn't mean that if we accept it, it's going to happen. No, what it does is it levels the playing field because when you think of your energy trying to hold something together, Mm. you're in such a state of like, you know, you're almost holding your breath, right? So you're walking around holding your breath. You're not going to notice your dog looking at you lovingly, right? You're busy trying to catch just a little breath and hold everything together. So when you all of a sudden relax into the idea like, I may lose this dog or cat or horse or bird and I will be okay because this moment is what matters. That's when worlds move. Yes. Not when we're walking around in that state of tension. So, I mean, of course, you know, a state of tension creates movement and energy shifting, but getting into that relaxed state you know, gives room for more joy, more levity. Um, and that's, that's when you can have some real healing. So powerful. Joan, this truly has been a fascinating conversation, really eye-opening. So I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you. I'm really excited and feel very honored to be part of this because I think it's such a great thing. I've been a big fan and I'm excited to share this work. I have no doubt it's going to help a lot of people and a lot of their animal friends. So again, thank you. Thank you.